want to welcome everybody to tomorrow podcast uh want to paint the picture this is an industry podcast this is all things sales this is all things life uh nothing taboo we want to we want to cover it all we've all been lifers in the industry and i think everybody that we will bring on this podcast will have in some way shape or form an involvement with sales and uh we want to learn from them all so today to start us off i'm kevin robison this is donnie mcginnis we're industry lifers and I want to welcome special guest speaker, uh, Tom Karen to the show, man. Tom, what's up, brother? Hey. How you living, man? I'm good. Good to have you. Good to have you. Donnie, how you feeling? Amazing. Yes, feeling amazing. Sir. Yeah, it's good to, good to get this uh, podcast going. And uh, there's been a lot of asks, um, just like, hey, when are you going to get a podcast going? When are you going to get? Well, here it is. It's well, here. Yeah, it's here. <laughs> we've, had a, we've had a lot of movement this last eight months. We've been behind the scenes creating, uh, creating a lot. We're going to talk about it today. We're going to talk about Aveo. We're going to talk about the new, uh, the new kid in town. Uh, before we do, Tom, let's introduce you. Let's get, let's, let's get these, uh, these listeners a feel for kind of where you come from, what you're about. So, yeah. uh, Tom, <clears throat> where, where are you from? You're from McGrath, Alberta, Canada. Is that Little right? Little ta- town, McGrath, 2,000 people. 1998 is when I first started going to school in Idaho. And then I, uh, I think I, I was did. four. You were four? I was four. Yeah, you're in diapers. Just yeah, a baby. Yeah. So yes. born and raised in McGrath, little town. Uh, my parents are still there. It's one of those towns where you're uh, kindergarten through uh, grade 12, same same uh, group of kids. Same so faces, yeah. You watch each other go through puberty. and um, <laughs> Same brothers and same sisters dating each other, Second cousin too. you go to, uh. to prom with. No, it was awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I loved how I grew up. Uh, grew up working hard. Grew up uh, farming. That's uh, kind of our roots. So had that work ethic and uh, just kind of blue-collar uh, place, but love it. And then, uh, yeah, I went to school in Rexburg, Idaho. Uh, did a church mission. Came back and uh, got into this crazy industry. Uh, and that's what I was going to ask. So how, how did you get in? So you made your way back from the mission, going to school, and did you just get recruited in Idaho? Is that when you were going to school? Yeah, I was at the time working all crazy jobs. I was an early morning janitor, uh, working at a potato factory uh, in St. Anthony, Idaho. It's a popular Sun Globe, in Idaho. Idaho. Yeah. Knew my way around a potato. <laughs> um, avid uh, plasma donor. Yes, sir. Whatever it took to, to pay the bills. Um, but essentially a kid just knocked on my dorm door. I had just got home from a shift at the potato factory and, um, he was saying, Hey, we're having an information meeting tomorrow night, free pizza, summer sales. I was like, eh, I'm not knocking on doors, but I'll go get free pizza. So wrangled up my college roommates and said free pizza. And it was right across the street from where we live. So it was an easy, uh, trek over and, uh, yeah, I got got hooked into it and decided to go give pest control a whirl. So, what were they? What were, what were the main things being sold back? So that was what twenty. This is twenty twenty or what? Sorry, two thousand. <laughs> uh, so that was year two thousand. Yeah. And so the in, I mean, yo, that's like I mean, the industry's in its heyday. Right Baby, there. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. even an industry. Nah, I mean, I mean it's it's you know it's. I mean? But that's the thing, man. Those so are, new. Those early goers, though, man, the ones that create. I mean, they they just absolutely crushed it. So you, what what was around this? So you had pest control. I mean, I'm sure alarms were still around. What what what, what was the the competition? That was really it. It was uh, alarms and. Uh, uh, pest control were pretty much the two staples and uh, you know it was still new it's not, not like now where every kid on campus has worked for some summer cell yep. company yep. it's uh, very few did it at the time yeah. and uh, yeah you made your decision whether you wanted to do alarms or pests and I went the pest route and uh, stayed in that for a hot minute so and, and you said you, you grew up farming Tom like yep. 
was that your first experience with sales was 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 door-to-door pest or did you have a little experience to even like want to dabble in that or how did you come skin and potatoes yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. looking potatoes (laughs) door-to-door you know looking back as a a kid i i did a lot more sales than I realized. I was always hustling. I was always doing something. Um, one thing that came to mind is uh, we sold dry cleaning coupon books door to door where you got to go pre-purchase your coupon books. I can't remember what it was, but you pay 10 bucks for them and then you sell them for 20. Okay. Right. But uh, you got to buy them in advance. So you got to sell them. You got some skin you, in the game. You yeah. got skin in the game. Yeah. I got to unload these. Yep. So I'd get my homies and we'd go pack up and go canvas uh, neighborhoods selling coupon books. And then uh, my freshman year in Idaho at Rexburg, I got roped into selling starving student cards door to door. What's that? <laughs> Basically, just like coupon <laughs> books again to where you can go and say, I'm a starving student. Yes. I, think, I can't remember how much they were. Let's say 100 bucks. I think then, those are still around, actually. Starving student are they? coupon it books. Might be an I, I swear I've heard that before. Hey, listen, if you if you are partaking in a starving student coupon book, if you're in that program, we got a, we got a job for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then I'd take a little rip off what my buddies would sell, and we'd go out and do that. And so you know, just looking back, I was always doing some sort of sales job, but no, nothing like official that I so it's in your DNA it's in my DNA yeah, it's in, uh, who'd you start with in pest control it's called Eclipse Marketing okay yeah, um, yeah, we yeah. sold for Orkin Pest Control and uh, yeah that was really there was only a few options back then for pests but they were the biggest player in the game how was it working were you were they marketing for Orkin or is yeah, that just that marketing were, for Orkin okay, so they weren't in-house in the accounts no Got not it. at that time they were just a sales org and uh, Orkin was their uh, facilitator so they had a nationwide footprint and uh, my first summer I got uh, stationed to the lovely Lancaster, California. Oh, okay. You're from California, don't you? Yeah, I am. You know. I would never live there. <laughs> <laughs> it was hot. <laughs> hot. Not Palmdale, Santa Clarita, Lancaster, but that's where I got my start. And that was pre-like Mondo saturation, right? So you guys went out there and it was kind of, kind of green fields everywhere. Then. Green fields. There was no iPads. I didn't even have a cell phone my first two summers. Oh, yeah. We'd log the homes with a red uh, construction crayon on the curb. That's how we'd wow. keep track of who was home and who wasn't. Awesome. Uh, you know, map books, Rand McNally map books, how to get around. So those were the, the good old crazy. days. Awesome. First day on the doors, how many did you sell? I did great. I, two my first day, I wore okay. blue jeans. <laughs> Showed up to the office a day early, and our uh, branch manager handed me and my buddy uh, some uh, contracts and a polo and went across the street and started slinging and sold two my first night and I'm like counting my cheese I'm like this is gonna be good <laughs> yeah, man yeah, this is it's like eight shifts no of more, potato said, factory in one you, night you said, no <laughs> more coupon books no more right, coupon no more books I'm gonna eat those potatoes I'm not gonna peel them anymore that's right don't have to peel them now I can buy them yeah, yeah. I tasted the nectar of cells and what it could be and uh, kind of shifted my mindset of of what I was capable of and kind of just helped me kind of uh, get my start. Did you build with Eclipse? Did you stick around there for a while or kind of how did, what, what was the first few years in your, in, in the industry for you? I did two summers with Eclipse. Okay. Um, I managed a team my second summer out in uh, Southern Florida and, uh, did well in the recruiting space. I was just so excited. I, I had a great first summer and, uh, came back and roped up, oh, 30 plus, uh, uh, kids to come down with me and manage that team had a great summer yep and uh then i uh, my third summer is when i partnered with my still today current business partner his name's shandon cole and uh he had a little pest control company going at the time called safeguard pest control where was he where, where was he stationed they were in uh las vegas 
a Phoenix and Atlanta. Those okay. were the three markets that how, they had. How did you guys cross paths? Uh, he had hunted me. I uh, did real well at Eclipse, and uh, we had been in a few recruiting battles. Uh, being from Canada, uh, I was tapping my, you know, my friends I grew up with, yep. and they had a few reps in Canada. So we're kind of going at each other over the same network of reps, and uh, I had created a name for my myself in the industry uh, from recruiting and whatnot. And so, yeah, we just kind of courted each other for a while and decided, uh, let's let's. Uh, Hitch our wagons together. Better together. Better, Better together, together than yeah. at odds. All right. That's that's, awesome. that, that's what's up. And so that that flourish you mentioned, you guys are still partners today. And more importantly, y'all were just in, inducted to the door-to-door Hall of Fame. When was that? You guys were you guys are in the door-to-door Hall of Fame. So you obviously you didn't just get in the space and tinker around I me. Mean, y'all have been in here. You guys have been playing hard. So when, when did that happen? Uh, I think that was two years ago. And yeah, that was a cool honor. It was it was uh, kind of fun to reminisce on my career. Been in it now 23 years, and to you know. Uh, be recognized i think more than anything we're just the oldest two still going at it and they're like we better throw them an award but uh, no it's cool how, how does that happen how do you get into the door-to-door hall of fame what do you got to do i don't even know i don't know the credentials i don't i don't know i think it's just uh yeah you've been around a hot minute and uh done some cool stuff in the space and yep. um and we have we've we've done some really great things in the industry and proud of it and built uh, some some massive organizations within the space uh, something to say about longevity in the door-to-door world, man. I think everybody deserves a medal. If you, can pay, you, 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 <laughs> you, you, pa- you pass 10 years. Might just years. be because that 20-year mark, get them up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You pass 10 years, you deserve a medal. But you get past 20, man. Yeah, you get into the Hall of Fame guaranteed. That's, yeah. that's, that's, that's for sure. All right, that's awesome. So you you got into the door-to-door Hall of Fame based off of what you guys did in pass control, right? And so if I'm not mistaken, and I think – You've mentioned before that you've sold, built and sold over 40. Is it, is it over yeah. 40? Over 40, yeah, branches that we built up. Uh, we were the, the service provider. It was in-house. Yep. And then uh, we, would, we would sell those, those businesses. So you've told me before your very first experience when you guys were building business and then you guys had an acquisition. I think it was from Terminex, right? And at the time, it was, I think, the biggest acquisition they had had at the time, at least in Pesco. Yeah, biggest door-to-door acquisition. They had had at that time was Safeguard, the company I partnered with Shandon on. We built that up to 16 locations, and uh, it's like a $30 million acquisition. So to us at the time, it was life-changing money. We had bootstrapped the business, kind of gone from rags to riches, and uh, that gave us uh, the ability to recapitalize, to you know be self-funded, and uh, uh, start going on from there. So. Tons of first-time entrepreneurs in our space. It's not, I mean, I don't want to say it's not typical, but it's not common that your very first time out, you, you hit a $30 million home run. What, what went right between you and Shannon on that experience? What went right? I, I would say that just we, we didn't have any outside capital, so we were forced to grow the business within the money that we, we had available, which was not much. Yeah. So we paid attention to everything, the bot, like every detail. We knew our numbers. We knew exactly what we were spending on chemical and trucks, insurance and wages, and had our numbers just dialed in, and we made good financial decisions um, not because we were so smart just because when you don't have uh, the money to do otherwise yeah, you're forced to yeah. yeah and uh, that was actually one of my biggest lessons is our second company that we started together we now had 
you know, in our minds, unlimited money to, to go do it. And opposed so you just come off this, this transaction, you got, you got $30 million. You guys are talking about, yo, let's go do this again. Yeah. We're, you let's let it rip. Sale. Yeah. I think I'm 27 at the time. I'm like, let's rinse and repeat. And, and now all the <laughs> trucks are brand new and shiny and all the, oh, yeah. brand new out the box and people are getting real good pay and have all the technicians. The best of paid. everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah everyone's eating whistle. good. Yep. And uh, the timing of that on top of having really too much capital to work with, yep. uh, we started in 2007 in Florida. It was during the housing crisis. And so a um, lot of uh, valuable lessons in that. We were able to eke out of that that time and sell that company. It's called Service Pro and recapitalize. But really, we broke even over those three years. So we had this big win, our first business safeguard, Service Pro. I was thinking we're going to double it up, right? Like, let's go. We've got funding. We've got momentum. Yeah. But uh, the economy was working against us, and we just made bad business decisions. We we didn't pay attention to the the Smaller the, details, the, like the details before, that made yeah. us great before. And so I'm really grateful to have had both of those experiences to know, uh, and that's what I've implemented in my businesses today is from those those lessons. That's awesome. Been in pest control as well, um, you know, over the course of my career. And I, I remember as I was starting to get into building my first company, it was called Missy's Pest Control, it was way back in the day. Um, I remember seeing the company that I'd worked for before is, is Moxie. I have a lot of good friends over there. You know Moxie really well. Um, worked for some guys over there and saw, you know, the plethora of trucks and all the brand new wraps and all the incredible gear. And, you know, I remember thinking day one that you had to jump in and do that. So I think a lot of first time entrepreneurs will get into that. They don't have the financial resources yet. They still somehow try to take it out and typically via debt, try to yep. get those brand new <laughs> bells and whistles and all those toys and typically find themselves in a uh, little bit of capital, a little, little bit of yeah, financial money trouble. in areas that you can't quantify the ROI on, right? It looks cool. It feels cool. And you think it's, it's uh, going to oh, yeah. drive your business, but it's real easy to bleed money away in areas that uh, aren't giving you a return on it. No, you know, it's, it's funny that you say that though, too, is because I think not only in the business mindset of things, but like for, for companies as a whole, but I think a, actually, I know a lot of like of our reps in this industry do the same exact thing. You know, they always have to have the fanciest car. Oh, well, they that's have to have yeah. the, the new shoes, the new, you know, you know, we got to keep them I, coming back, awesome, bro. Which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you got to keep, but it, it, it's like, <laughs> that, it, it's very rare. You, you come across a, a culture or individual that is kind of on top of it in a sense of their finances. Kind of like what you said with the, the first pest control company you guys did, right? Like, or they're making sure that they're saving some of this money, they're yep. investing some of this money, and then they have their own personal fund. It's just funny, the whole industry kind of just has the same exact, like from a personal uh, rep to a company has kind of the same reputation. Dude, it does, and look, I'm, I'm not like, I'm not one of those like old school dude, Debbie for Downers, sure. you know what I mean? Like, look, I, I'm totally down for dudes to go out and get money, treat and go out and treat bit. yourself, yep, and like, yep. look, you wanna buy a whip that's like, you know, way outlandish in my like do it, but I would say like responsibly, right? Like if if you're you know going out and spring on things and it like really severely dents your bank account, I would say wise up and figure out like the <laughs> yeah. time and the place to yeah, do it, yeah. right? Like I'm all day for, and again, I think that's the the key lesson there, right? Is like, no man, you guys bled that first time. You guys strapped it up and you made it work, and then the yeah, we the wore out- a lot of hats. We oh, didn't, you know, countless. And the outcome the is things. right. And the outcome of this is like, yo, you get a thirty million dollar transaction, and it's like now you have the ability to go and you know do some things like that for and, sure, and uh, you know maybe make some more expensive mistakes because you have the money to do it. 
Um, again, I'm just saying that timeliness is a thing. Yeah. Um, all right, Tom, let's stay on track, man, because I want to talk about, you know, you've got a brand new project here. We have a brand new project Me? here. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, I want to talk about it, but um, I, I do want to, you know, you've been in pest control, still in pest control, still operating, have a ton of businesses there, still rocking and rolling. Um, but more recently, about almost three years ago, you transitioned a portion of your, of your sales force into the solar world. Um, one, why? How did that happen? What, what was that whole thing? Yeah, um, I really didn't want to, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> I was uh, at a good thing with pest control, know the space, uh, know it inside and out. Know and why would you? you know what I mean? Yeah, Especially we were if it's good. Rolling. Yeah. It was rolling. We're, we're, <clears throat> we're doing great. We're, we're making a lot of money. Still got a big old block of cheese there. You're eating yeah, it's a, it's a great business. Still love pest control. Love it. It's my yeah. heart. Um, believe in it. Uh, I don't think pest control is ever going to go away. And then, uh, it's great business, great industry. Yeah. Good annuity. Just great. Yep. But, uh, couldn't ignore the, the new shiny toy solar that, uh, <laughs> uh came and took the industry by storm. And really, uh, it was a defensive play. I was bleeding out my top talent, you know, guys that have worked with me six, seven years, they had made a ton of money in the space. Uh, they'd go out on these blitzes and make just insane money. Yep. And, uh, you know, of course, I'm like, ah, oh, this is a flash in a pan. This is just another wave. I've seen two solar waves in my, my career that just just stay on the boat, boys, you know, yeah, <laughs> try to recruit yeah, against keep, it. Yeah, right, right. Keep yeah. But I couldn't in integrity do it anymore because I'd see how well these guys were doing. Yep. And so decided that uh, Vantage was going to pivot and start another arm called Vantage Solar and uh, start out as just a sales org and, and try to take a bite into this industry and see what it's all about. And that was three years ago. And yep. um, yeah, that's kind of how I got rolling into it and so let's let's because same idea over here you know we were we were in satellite tv still are in satellite tv yep. phenomenal business uh we know it like the back of our hand um but i will tell you this for sure we we felt the need we felt the urge and everybody and their mother was talking about it reps were talking about it excited about it we knew we had to participate you can't ignore so, it yeah that's what it was is more out of necessity i don't know that it was necessarily interest but more out of necessity at the time now it's absolutely both um but Talk to me a little bit about, talk to us a little bit about your first experience in solar, man. What was it? Was it rocky? How was it? Did you? Did oh, you we were so in over our head. I was in over my head, <laughs> yep. you know. It was black and white from what I was used to. And um, we just uh, chipped away at it, made the mistake, still do. But I was lucky enough to be able to attract a lot of the, the leaders that I had lost to the get space back, to yeah. get back now that we had a platform, a playing field for them to, to dance on, right? And so... Which, Tom, like, dude, kudos to you and your team, man, because it's not always easy. Once you lose reps that, you know, go to another company to, to get them back, that just shows, you know, how much of a leader you and your team were to be able to keep that, that culture and that... that uh, um, emotional tie to keep that relationship so that they do come back. Yeah, I, and that came with maturity. It wasn't easy to watch these guys walk away. Sure. You know, I've been in the trenches with them hundreds of hours together. You know, we're brotherhood, and yeah. to to see that you know come to an end, but knew I loved them more than um, as people, more than just trying to convince them to stay in something that maybe their heart wasn't into. Yeah. And so I'm super glad that I didn't burn those bridges. And uh, we kept that relationship intact. But in hindsight, what a blessing that they could go out, learn the space, oh, totally. um, dabble, and then come back and help Vantage kind of navigate the waters and, and catch me up to speed. 
Um, Got to give a lot of credit to uh, Josh Campos, who was on the pest totally. control side that played a significant role in Vantage. I was Such able to stud, um, get him to come uh, take the reins and run with, with Vantage Solar. I needed the help because I was splitting my time between both pest and solar. And uh, Josh did a fabulous job and got, got a lot of systems in place and helped us kind of get our footing and uh, became a, a pretty decent sales org. That's awesome. Yeah, it's, so... I, by the way, yeah, you know, Josh is the man. It's uh, it's super cool. But no, I, I I understand. I mean, I again, similar situation. Getting in the solar is is more, uh, yeah, it was more about necessity at the time. But um, but definitely had you know some bumps and some hiccups along the way to get through. It's rowdy. And uh, and try to figure it out. I think one of the biggest things was getting guys' minds wrapped around the transition of getting immediate money and uh, waiting a substantial amount of time for money and uh you know learning the vast solar uh the vast industry that is solar man so definitely a transitional moment um let's talk about that tom what is state of the industry right now for you yeah what, what, what do you see what what are, i guess throughout the course of the last three years and even right now what, what is the industry telling you what are you seeing I see unlimited potential. I see a, uh, an industry that has so much legs, really a blank canvas. Um, I don't hear a bunch of numbers. I think 6% market penetration so right. far. And the mun- uh, municipalities keep giving initiatives to, to drive solar renewable energy. And so I see it really just taking off. But today, the word that comes to mind is chaos, yeah. that the industry's in chaos, that there was this mad rush to jump into the space. Um, really, the barrier to entry is very low. Um, my son, 18-year-old son, could go knocking doors today legally selling solar without having any knowledge, and it's not one of those products that you can just go willy-nilly sling. A lot of education, a lot of training needs to take place in order to do it the right way, and I think greed has got the the best of a lot of companies because they just look at production and volume and numbers, but uh, these bad sales are, are coming to, to a head and people are realizing the, the chaos that's coming from it. You, you'd mentioned a couple different waves of solar that you, you know, kind of survived through. Um, I, I remember them as well. This time is different. Um, more and more people, more and more reps have caught in this bug. Uh, two or three years ago in specific, you mentioned a gold rush. It was a mad rush to the solar industry. You also mentioned the product of solar being very, very different than that of like an alarm or a pest control deal. $500 account on a customer. Uh, that's not life-changing, right? Yeah. But uh, when you can get into an industry with zero barrier to entry and you have the ability to seriously affect the lives of the people in front of you, um, you you're kind of playing with fire. And so let's, let's focus on that right now because I know that from a consumer standpoint, when they're thinking about solar and when they're specifically thinking about solar the way that we sell it door-to-door, um, they're terrified of reps and they're terrified of EPCs. For several different reasons. It's a trigger word. Yeah, it yeah, is. Solar has become kind of a trigger word for, for consumers. Um, it is a product that is so beneficial to the consumer, to our nation. Like, I mean, we need solar. There's a reason that there are, you know, government tax credits and, and all these things that are being thrown at solar at the industry. Consumers need it. The, the United States needs it. But right now, the availability to get it or the sources to get it, uh, people don't love it. And more importantly, at least more relevant to you and I, or as relevant, I should say, reps 
are not in love with EPCs. So consumers and reps both don't love EPCs. Uh, consumers don't like either of them. So phenomenal product, massive opportunity, muddy water. Very Definitely. muddy. Right? Very muddy water. Yeah. Um, it's in disarray. It's uh, reps are bouncing from EPC to EPC, uh, demanding a certain red line, bleeding them out. They operate out of uh, scarcity mentality that I don't want to lose this network of reps. So I'm going to give them the cheese they're begging for. And then, uh, you know, one lawsuit later, one tariff, you know, anything that, that comes uh, as an obstacle in business, they don't have the capital to, to weather the storm because the the sales org, you know, essentially put them in a bad position financially yeah. and left them with a mess to clean up and then they bounce to the next the one. Next one yeah. And uh, that, that is what's happening in the space is it's creating a lot of, uh, I call them mercenaries. They're just in it for a quick check. They really don't care about the product. They don't care about the company they're working for. Yeah. They're just chasing that paycheck. And when it doesn't go perfect to this place, they go to the next and now it, it, there's so much. And then you've got this consumer who they even they don't care about it at all. Could care less. And they have a, you know, yeah. let's say 30, 40, 50, $60,000 loan on their, their name. And they probably don't even have a system. Um, hasn't been hit PTO yep, or they don't have a, a proper they offset. They literally have no Tax credits were explained All they have is Google to be able to. from the utility. Yeah. And all the, all the, exactly. So now they have two bills and all they can do is rely on Google to leave a bad review, hoping that the company reaches back out. But at least they're waiting on their tax it, credit check. Yeah, right? sure. That's not coming. Yeah. That's yeah. Not coming, right? <laughs> <laughs> or that at least not, it's not been explained properly. Yeah. There's a lot of that. And now, not all. Right. That's what's great and has given me hope is uh, there's a lot of bad players in the space, but there's some really, really good players that see the opportunity and see past their nose from just a quick paycheck that uh, this industry has so many, has such, yeah, sorry, this, this industry has legs to grow and grow. But if we do it the right way and if we allow this chaos to happen, severe regulations are going to come. Uh, the way that we do business is going to be limited. And so we have to kind of self-govern ourselves, essentially, and be good stewards of this industry that we believe in and love. Um, one thing I don't want to miss out is I, I think sometimes, too, we forget how valuable solar is for consumers. 100%. You look at what Puerto Rico, they went eight, nine months without power, without water. Yes. Um, and now they just announced a huge solar initiative. Um, our first blitz out in Dallas was actually <sighs> shortly after the, that storm came through and the power lines cracked from the, they froze and cracked. They weren't poised to handle that kind of weather. That's and right, they that. were out, I was knocking on doors. These homeowners were out 30, 60 days without power. Had they had a system battery, they'd be, they'd I be set. I would have freaked out. Yeah. I, I would have been the biggest baby. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is, there's so much value. I mean, yeah. we could go on and on. And I think if you lean into the purpose of solar, you can really get behind it and, and create a clear vision of why the world needs solar, why the world needs of us. Um, Tom, you hit on this a little bit before, but I got, I, I want to shed some light on because one of the things that I see is kind of a miss in the industry is you mentioned it. There's always, from a rep's standpoint, there's always a, a chase to the bottom of the red line, right? Get, get the absolute lowest red line you can. And from an EPC standpoint, they, they want as many sales forces they can possibly get. So they bend, twist, and, and, and almost break to try to give every single nickel. 
I think what needs to happen is there's got to be a meeting of the minds between EPCs and reps to understand what actually has to happen to build a proper EPC and what monies actually need to flow through that organization to properly staff it and to make the systems and processes really hum the way that they're supposed to. When a lot of these EPCs go out of business, you're often finding that they were starved out of business uh, in the recruiting game. And then obviously, you don't have the ability to, to staff up ops to make the pipelines go at the speed that reps want, right? And so there's got to be this meeting of the minds where there's a balance. Absolutely. You want to be with a company that can weather the storm, that can sustain itself, that can grow, right. that has the capital to get through inevitable um, things that are going to come your way. And if you look at these companies that were throwing out ridiculously low red lines, they're not around. Where are they? Right. And uh, these reps had 30, 40, some 100 deals on the pipeline. I, and that's what How well right. did that work out for you chasing that low red line? And uh a logical mind is if all these companies are paying this red line and these two outliers are paying this, something should be wrong in your yeah, mind 100%. that they're desperate and that they're throwing their, their bottom line at you to try to save their business. But, and, yeah. and, and Tom, to that point, look, I don't want to cast it on the reps. Look, man, we, we've, we've made it our business to train reps to be on. We've enabled that behavior. <laughs> and, 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 even, and even more important, we've, we've, we've trained them and, and equipped them with the skills to be entrepreneurs and be, to be persuasive and yep. convincing and to, and to be assets, yep. right? Um, so a lot of it's on the EPC when, you know, being <coughs> able to say, hey, listen, let's push back a little bit and find a way to have longevity because, look, I can give you the, the lowest red line in the world, but I may not be in business in three it's, months for it, you to collect on your money. It's absolutely all on the EPC because they made the deal and allowed this behavior right. to happen right. and allowed these bad sales practices to happen. And uh, yeah, if, if more EPCs took a stance on how they allow business to come in the door and um, how they operate and how they, they, they pay, um, they'd have a lot more longevity. I think the uh, I think the market sets itself. I think it, as as solar continues to become this this massively popular product, I think that EPCs are getting smarter. I think that they start to Absolutely. you know kind of market starts to set itself. Um, but time will tell, right? As it stands right now, there's still a lot of turmoil. There's still a lot of uh, a lot of fights to to fight, man. We've got to make sure that we have longevity in this space. Again, the opportunity is so huge. So, Tom. Let's segue into that, right? So for the past eight months, uh, we've been building a business, man. We've, we've both had massive sales organizations. All of us have had massive sales organizations over the years, and um, we've all been kind of running in separate directions trying to figure out how to do this thing best. Um, and about eight months ago, we had a meeting of the minds and decided, look, it's one thing to control the sales force. Um, we have to control the install piece for, uh, for solar. We have to make sure that we have our hands on the wheel as well. Um, it will take time. It will be a long, arduous road to make sure that it is a squeaky clean system. But we took on that task about eight months ago. We held it together and we created what's now known as Avail. Um, Tom, I want to talk about this personally. Um, again, we talked about you, your career, door-to-door -door Hall of Fame, 20-some-odd years of doing phenomenal business. You've created entrepreneurs. You've created millionaires. You, you, you and Shannon have done some incredible things. Um, you could have paired with anybody. You could have done whatever you wanted to do in the solar space. Why Aveo? Why link up with Jeremy Hammond? 
why link up with you know guys like myself and you know the Mark Crams and all these guys of the world? Why why did you uh, why did you land here? Man, good, great question. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I like you said, I knew I wanted to get my my hand on the wheel and eventually uh, be able to control the customer experience instead of just being a sales org. I wanted to be able to uh, you know have a say in how we we conducted business like we did in our pest control companies. I like having the ability to to pivot and not pass the buck that it falls on us and wanted to be able to do that. I would say the collaboration with Aveo was so organic and natural that I couldn't ignore how right it felt. It was in alignment with like-minded colleagues that have done really great things in the door-to-door space. They were looking for uh, a home, a place to, to be proud of, to do it different than um, some of the other players in the industry. And so it just happened so fast and so organically to uh, partner with uh, Jeremy Hammond, uh, Caliber, uh, my buddy Mark Cram, Grant Miser at Caliber. They were a sales org. Vantage was a sales org. Jen was a sales org. Uh, you know, Access, uh, we've got how many now? So, 12. So yeah, yeah, that have, a, have all come one. together and right. said, look, we're better together than apart. Let's go win in this space. We've got the capital, the know-how, the connections, the right business minds to go really, really make our mark in this industry and do it the right way and clean up some of the filth in the industry and learn from those that have done it really well. There are some great players in the space, which gives us hope and where we can learn from. But yeah, Aveo you know, stands for to be transparent. I see you. And that's what this industry needs is transparency, transparency in pay, why you're being paid, how you're being paid. Um, we've got great uh, tools that we brought into Aveo uh, to solve those pain points in the industry. Visibility on your pipeline, um, doing clean installs, making sure reps are selling perfect packets, that, that we clean up the filth in the industry. And one thing at Aveo is we're not going to tolerate bad practices. And they happen, and you can't keep a pulse on everything. But when we do find them, we're going to kick them out. We're, gonna kick them out. we're not going to build off of... Uh, the premise of bad business. Yeah, and Tom, I, I know you just briefly mentioned, and we can just touch on this really quick, you, you're talking about you know transparency and pay and, and, and that the process, which is a massive key thing, especially in, a, in our industry for reps and for the consumer so they both know where we're at. That, that, that software, let's talk about that just briefly. Um, Sequify. Yep. Let's, let's touch on that just really quick. Yeah, um, we've used a lot, utilized a software company called uh, Sequify. And what Sequify essentially is, is uh, automated uh, uh, pay where you can see in real time what your Friday check is going to be, why. If adders gets thrown in, it'll automatically adjust. Your red line adjusts accordingly wherever you sell in the country. So that same margin's there. Um, it's, it's a game changer. Yeah. And uh, we've, we brought it into Aveo. And uh, it's, it's given that transparent feel that, that everybody is desperate. That's after cool. so we're and we're so excited to have that as a unique product at, at Aveo. I think it's a, I think it's a major pain point in the industry is is transparency on pay, um, understanding where the pipeline is or, or where your deals are in the pipeline and that communication, uh, probably the biggest bane of the existence of any rep that I've, <laughs> I've ever encountered. Um, but I think it does I think it does a lot, Tom. And again, you know, of course, we're always you know trying to to communicate to the rep and create the rep experience and make sure that everything is conducive to business as possible. But 
you know, I think one of the major focuses and, and one of the lights that Aveo brings to the industry is what it's doing for the consumers. That's what. Right? It's like, look, man, nothing pollutes quicker than a solar area. Look, you can rip somebody off with pest control and like people will, will squawk and moan a little bit, but it's like, go to bed, you're cool the next day, right? Do the same thing with alarm to an extent, but yo, man, you put a $70,000 mortgage on my roof and I've got a fixed income and my hope is to lower my bill. And now I'm getting double billed and I've got like no uh, visibility as yeah. to what's happening and no communication. Um, I think the biggest concern right now from you know, for, for our industry's sake is the consumers, man, the people buying these products. Yeah, you've got to lean into that and really understand how much that can impact a consumer if it's not sold the right way, not installed the right way, not explained the right way. Yep. And uh, the industry needs to clean up its sales practices and we're going to make a commitment at Aveo that we're going to try our hardest to make sure that reps are educated before they go out there and start slinging, that they know the ins and outs, that what they say is actually what's going to happen and uh, deliver uh, a first-class experience to, to homeowners, and we're doing that today. Uh, we're the new kids in the industry, but we're doing uh, big things right now. We're, we've got the foundation to scale. We're poised to become a nationwide uh, EPC very quickly. Um, we're climbing the charts already on the top 100, and, uh, but we're doing it with the right people in the right way. The right way, and that, that's what's key. Last question, Tom, um, before we wrap this thing up, where do you see the industry? Because right now, I guess, let me, let me, let me preload this question a little bit. Go back 18 months ago, banks were a little bit more, um, I guess, for us, <laughs> I guess, in terms of what they charge to finance these loans. Dealer fees have gotten out of control. Interest rates are out of control. Um, the state of the industry from the financial aspect is substantially different than what it was 18 months ago. Do you see any change over the next 12 months? Do you see some of these things coming back down to earth? Do you, what, what, do you, what, what can we predict if there is such a thing over the next 12 months? What do you see happen? I think it's going to uh, continue to get shook up. I think what solar looks like today is going to become completely different than what it looks like a year from now. We've already seen such rapid changes. Um, again, it is in chaos. And so I think there, it's going to clean up. It has to. It can't continue this way um, or it's going to get heavily, heavily regulated. And uh, who knows what's going to happen at that point if, you know, the feds step in and and they already have, you know, really start to to dictate how the, the solar industry is ran. Um, so we've got to take uh, accountability and, and do it the right way, but it's going to continue to evolve. But I think solar's got years and years and years and years of legs on it, and we're just in the infant stages. And in the infant stages, there is always going to be chaos. Everyone's still trying to figure it out. Everyone's still trying to navigate the waters and find their footing and find the appropriate tech. And um, I think you're going to see it stabilize. I think it's going to get cleaner and better and uh, we're in the, the wild, wild west right now. But. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I, uh, I think there's a lot of wisdom to that, man. Time will tell. But uh, I think it's important to be pivotal. I think it's important to keep your head on a swivel and adapt with the times, and that's exactly what we're going to do. We've got a lot of EPCs right now that, uh, that have floundered, a lot of that, that have gone out of business. Um, we're building one to last, and, uh, and I'm excited about it. Um, 
Guys, we'll be back. We're going to talk about uh, a lot of things happening in the future. We're going to talk, again, everything industry relevant. We've got some great guest speakers here in the future. All right. We'll catch you all next time. Donnie, before we go, tell the listeners where they can find the show. Yeah, you can find our Tomorrow podcast on any of the, the podcast channels. Um, hit the subscribe button. You can find us on YouTube. And not only that, you can find us, um, you know, you can hop into our warehouse on aveosales.com. Uh, check out that website. It's it's pretty cool. Aveosales.com uh, is sick. Yeah, it definitely is uh I will say it, it is one of the best it's websites uni- that have ever been made. It's unique. It's fresh. Man. It's unique. It's, 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 worth a, uh, it's worth a search, man. It's, uh, it's like something I've never seen before. For sure. Um, guys, it's been dope. Tom, appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks, yeah thank you. You're the truth, Appreciate brother. you guys. We will uh, catch you all on the flip. Right, see you.